What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the To The Wheels Fall Out podcast. I am your host, Candace, also known as Spice from Spice Life TV. And this is my beautiful husband and co-host, Creed. What's up, world? I'm Creed, and this is the podcast where we discuss relationships and reentry, particularly as it pertains to incarcerated individuals and their families. Mm-hmm. And why is that, Pookie? Because I did 23 and a half years in prison for a crime I didn't commit. And during that process, we spent the time fighting for our love, fighting for justice, fighting for everything that we can get our hands on. And we made it. And I served every single one of those days with this man, supporting him through those 23 and a half years. And now he's home. So we are reintegrating into our lives. And we're going to do that until the wheels fall off. And we want y'all to come with us. You did so let's that, go. Babe. You did that. I just need to let you know you did that. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, for real. You did that. <laughs> well, today is a new day. And it's we're ready day. to start this episode. You want to get into it? Let's do it. We want to start this episode with a new segment that we're going to call The Streets is Talking. What's that mean, babe? The streets is talking is that you starting to hear stuff out there in them streets. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And you hear it more than once. You hear it more than twice. It's a thing now. So now you bring it to the person that you you saying it about, (laughs) hearing it about. Well, we're going to use that concept and relate that to y'all because y'all been in these streets talking, giving us some feedback, giving us some great comments, a whole lot of good information. And so we want to start shouting y'all out and giving some of that information back to the rest of the group. So talking about. So this week we had a wonderful comment. This was from the um, Little Hustles Turn to Big Hustles uh, episode. And Mm -hmm. we have a comment from Rita Crawford, 1716. Mm -hmm. And she says, wow, I admire your courage to share your personal experiences within the prison system. This is a captivating bird's eye view into the unknown day-to-day life inside a penal institution. Also, your love connection is unbreakable. You're a wholesome example of what true love is. The two of you understand and respect one another. You recognize that you're still growing and that your future together is limitless. I am proud of you both. Good luck and continue to evolve to a higher level of success. You know I'll be watching indefinitely. That's what's up. Rita, thank you. It's so great to have you with us. We love everything you said because what you said is what we're trying to convey. Mm -hmm. So we're glad that that is coming across. Yeah, thank you, Auntie. We appreciate that. Please keep the comments coming, y'all. And uh, yeah, we love that part. Yeah, that was dope. (laughs) I like that. Ready to roll into the next segment? Let's do it. You know what this segment is? This is going to be, it's one of the, 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 the episode favorites so far. Is it? It is. They I like love this. I love this segment. Well, it's my episode favorite. Oh, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure that's all that matters. <laughs> this is our ice grill section. This is the section where you get to ask us questions, kind of grill us and find out the things that we haven't answered or just things you're curious to know. Mm-hmm. So this week, Babe picked out the question. Yes, I did. You got the question ready? The question is ready. All right, hit us. The question is, what is the process of transferring inmates between institutions? Mm. So, yeah, and I understand why that's a a question. You know, a lot of people don't know or, you know, it kind of gets muddled and whatnot. And you only see transfers and on movies and all that. So I'm going to tell you this. Mm -hmm. There's two ways to get transferred. If you're in population or if you're in a hole. If you're in population, number one, you're usually expecting to go to another institution because you have some type of review and you're going to go to a lower custody institution or just a different one to be closer to family. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know what the timeline is. So during my process, if I was to go to a review and I was going to another institution, it usually take about a month from the time of that review for me to transfer. Mm-hmm. So while I'm waiting, they don't want to tell us, of course, because you can't be having people on the outside knowing when prison buses is going and all right. that. So I would ask, I would be looking forward like, 
the information to find out where he's going so yeah. I could prepare. Yeah. And of course, they never would tell me before he left. You never could know. So what ends up happening is, <clears throat> depending on whatever day it is for you to go to the next institution. Before you go, you don't go from institution to institution, you go to the receiving center first. Mm -hmm. You stay there while your paperwork is processed for you to go to another institution. And why don't they tell you beforehand? They don't tell us because I could tell you. Yeah. And then if I tell you, you can hijack the bus and help me escape. Right. Exactly. So they're not having that, you know, so. And I thought about it a couple of times. Oh my God. <laughs> <You're crazy. laughs> so, so, um, so when you're going to the, the intake institution, you the night before you go they're going to come and give you boxes to pack all your property up and mm -hmm. that's how you that's how the incarcerated individual finds out he's leaving mm -hmm. like so you have very little time to say goodbye and whatnot now, every now and then you might get a word that is mm -hmm. going to happen that you might be going from from people that work in different parts of the institution but mainly they give you those two boxes you packing up your stuff here's the thing though they give you two boxes to transfer your stuff Nine times out of 10, if you've done any significant amount of time, yeah. more than a year, you got more than two boxes worth of stuff. Mm -hmm. So what happens is they pay for you to stuff those two boxes to the gills. They'll put that on the bus, but the rest of your stuff, if you need three, four, five boxes, you or your family got to pay for that. Mm -hmm. So you you get all your stuff, you get it packed up, boom, you give it to them. Now you sitting in the, in the room for the next day or so with nothing. Because mm -hmm. all you have is like essentials. You have a comb, you have toothpaste, toothbrush. But didn't you know that like certain, if you left on this day, you were probably going to this place. Didn't they have certain days that chains came? That, or? that was when you was at the, at the intake institution. When you got to intake. Yeah, when you got to okay. intake, you had an idea. So let's just say um, I'm at Stafford Creek, mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to Monroe. Mm -hmm. I know that, that uh, the, the, the chain bus is going to leave to go to the intake on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Once it leaves on Thursday, I know that the Monroe chain always leaves on Mondays. So I know mm. I'm gonna be in intake from Thursday, Friday through the weekend, and then Sunday night, they're gonna come to me while I'm there and they're gonna slide a bag under my under my uh, door. Mm -hmm. The bag is gonna have the institution's name written on it. You take that bag and what you have in that little room during that little time you're there, you put that in the bag, they staple it up. That's when you know you're leaving the next morning. Yeah. They come wake you up at two o'clock in the morning to get on the bus. You don't, the bus don't leave until seven. So you sit in this cage. Two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, two o'clock in the morning. Cause they have to go get all the people from the different units. At the, This is at the intake facility now. You've left, the, okay. left this, this facility and now you're at the intake. Mm -hmm. They're gonna come two o'clock in the morning, knock on your door and say, chains rolling out in 15 minutes. So you gotta get up, brush your teeth real quick and all that. And then they open the door and they gotta go to each unit and get people. And we have to walk in the line to receive it receiving we all go to different cages now there's multiple institutions that leave on monday so i say monroe leaves on monday but we also have uh other institutions on the other side of the mountains airway heights might leave on um on monday also mm -hmm. and so you'll have guys sitting this cage is going to monroe this cage going to, and we're just sitting there and we're not doing nothing we're just talking they're processing paperwork and it's already how, yeah. how does everybody feel though in those cages are you like full of just butterflies because you don't know what's going on nah, i mean it's you know, some cats get to talking because you got like-minded people in there. You know what I'm saying? All the dope fiends are happy. They go into a certain institution because it's rocking all the time. You mm -hmm. know, when I say rocking, it's, it's popping with the with the extracurricular activity. So they right. talking about that. Mm -hmm. Then you might see a guy that you haven't seen in years or whatever. So y'all talking because y'all about to go to different institutions and y'all just get it in mm -hmm. and hollering before you go. So <clears throat> during that process, like I said, you were there two o'clock in the morning and chain bus might not leave till six or seven. They're going to strip you butt naked 
They're going to make you take off one jumpsuit and put on a different color jumpsuit so you get on the chain bus. So I come in in an orange jumpsuit and then I might be leaving in a yellow, excuse me, a white one. Or it might be a different type of orange jumpsuit that I'm getting on the chain bus. Mm -hmm. So they strip us naked, make you put on a new jumpsuit, then they put the chains on you. So you get ankle chains, you get wrist chains, you got the waist chains and all that. And then you go back and sit down for another hour or two, just like that. One thing I can say is that I'm I'm so grateful that I only had to see you in chains one time. And that was at county. That wasn't even was, in. Oh, when, I, when you came to visit me? No. Well, that time. Oh, so two times. Both times were at county was when the trial happened. Mm -hmm. When they brought you in, they had you all chained up. Oh, that's up. right. That's right. And then when you were at county, they had you all chained up. Like mm -hmm. at county, they had him chained from his hands and his feet for the visit. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't even sit in the chair. You had to sit like on the table so he could reach the phone. And his hands were all. Ch it was. Mm. Yeah, the county one was crazy because what I didn't tell none of my family during the time is that they had, they had the. Uh, the Do I want to hear this? I, I told you already. I think oh, I told you okay. already. I had the they had the fifty thousand watt shock thing around my waist. You did not tell me that. Yeah. So, so in case I tripped out and tried to leave or jump over the jump over the uh, banister and head up out of there, they're gonna shock me and then I'll be through. You know what I'm saying? Or if I try to trip out on somebody that was testifying or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they had that on me. But you don't ever want your family to know that because you're sitting there and you're hearing t people testify against you and all that. Your family's like, I know he mad. I know he want to snap. That person gets off the stand, have to walk right in front of your desk. You can just get up and mm -hmm. do something to him. So they have, they always ready. That's why the bailiffs is always close to me, if you ever noticed I that. did not know that. Yet. You didn't? Mm -mm. Yeah. I didn't know. No, I didn't know the zap thing. Yeah, I thought I told you about that. Mm -mm. So, so yeah, you don't ever want to tell family about that. But getting back to that, uh, getting mm -hmm. back to the chain bus, um, once you get the uh, waist chains, ankle chains on and all that on, you sit back down for a little bit, then they give you a sack uh, to eat. There's two cold peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and an apple. Mm -hmm. Nothing to wash it down with. Serious, them things is choke sandwiches too, for real. So. Once. Yeah, I don't know. Like, real quick, that peanut butter that I've seen that they used to give him, mm -hmm. it would be in this package. And, like, you'd have to basically try to warm it up to get it to come out the package. And then when you, even when you warmed it up and put it on the package, it still was the kind that would rip the bread. Like, yeah. that's how thick it was. Like, yeah. there was no... It was like... They made these sandwiches. <laughs> they they did. They made these sandwiches just to saran wrap them. They put them in the bag. And the bag is always in the refrigerator. So when mm -hmm. you get it, it's hella cold. So, uh, but by the time it's time to get on the bus, you get on the bus. And when I when I first went to the institution back in the 90s, um, you was always chained by the waist to another cat. Mm -hmm. So when you're transferring, especially if it, the Walla Walla was five five hour ride, of course you got to use the bathroom. And you just ate two choke sandwiches. So if he got to go up and take a gangster, then you going with him. On the bus? On the bus. So, Wait, so how was the bathroom? The bathroom is in the back of the bus. It is little, little, it's almost like riding on the trailways, uh, Greyhound or something mm -hmm. like that. So <clears throat> both of y'all got a sidle back to the back and then he going to sit down and do his thing and no, you're going to be standing right wow. there. And you, so he, he right here, he right here and he's sitting down and you trying to face this way and let him do his thing. Oh, you know that what I'm is saying? just. So, mm. and then after that. Um, you get to the institution, you get off the bus, and nine times out of ten, you ain't going straight to a unit. You got to go to an intake, an intake eval for a week. So when I was at Walla Walla, it was a spot called One North. They put it in there. It's like, basically like being in a hole. Mm -hmm. And they evaluate you. They look at your uh, conduct from the last institution you was just at, see if you had any infractions, see if you have any separatees, people you're not supposed to be around. And once you clear that, you just go out to the main institution. Mm -hmm. That's the process if you're in population. Now, if you're in a hole, 
you go to the hole for something and they decide to ship you out, they've already went to your cell and packed up your stuff once they cuff you up and took you to the hole. So your stuff is in storage at the institution you're at. If you're in a hole and they say you're going to another institution, you don't even see your stuff. And a lot, nine times out of 10, they know about the two boxes being free. So what they'll do, they've done a lot of time, they did with me. I get to the hole and a couple days later, I get an itinerary report of all my stuff that's packed up. And they say, I got 13 boxes. Now I got property, but I ain't got no 13 boxes. Right. But they be so mad about having to go pack up your cell, they would literally take a pair of shoes, put it in the box and close it up, call that done. You paying for that box to get that's shipped. They don't pack it up to the gills like they supposed to, they just put Wait, but can you then say, let me see these boxes and repack it? No, because you're So you old. either pay for 13 boxes or don't or get you your don't stuff. Get your stuff. And then and then when you're in it when you're in a population and you get shipped, you get to tell property which two boxes you want to go on the chain bus, because those are the two boxes you're gonna get when you first get there. Everything yeah. else comes in the mail. You know it's I, every time you we talk about some of this stuff, I've re- realized how much I literally shoved out of my head. Mm. Like I just put it out of my mind because it just didn't want to think about it no more. And now you're bringing it up and I'm just like, those yeah. motherfuckers. I'm just, because I get mad because they're mad at him, but they don't realize he's not the one that really suffers for that. Because yeah. you're not the one paying for the boxes mm-hmm. most times. The family is. So you're just really just screwing me just because you have an attitude about doing your job. 100%. That's crazy. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I mean, so they pack, when you're in a hole, they pack your stuff up and you get it when you get it. And then, and I remember that used to always be a stressor for you because you wouldn't have none of your stuff. You'd be waiting, 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 putting in like kites to go see when your stuff would get there. Mm-hmm. You might get a box this week and not a box for weeks after, and it's like, where is your stuff? Yeah, well, you had you always have vindictive uh, uh, COs that didn't like you for one reason or another. When you so when I was in the hole, um, you was always afraid that they would take your stuff and throw it away, take your stuff and leave it in the cell because once they pack up your cell, somebody else comes in there. Now they got your shit. Mm-hmm. If they leave it in there, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I was always worried about what I'm getting once I get to the next institution. But yeah, the process is very different. So from, could your roommate, your celly pack your stuff up? And sometimes they would let you let your roommate pack your stuff up if you guys were at the institution and the the, the COs around there know that that's your boy. Yeah. And like they, they, they can trust like you good. with him. But if they know that this dude just moved in there a month ago, then they're going to come in there and pack your stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but when you're in a hole and you're leaving there, um, only thing they do is come and tell you you're leaving on the chain tomorrow. So you you never get to pack your stuff up or anything and you just go. And mm-hmm. then once you they open the cell for you to be released to go to the chain bus, now you can just merge in with everybody else from population. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to another institution to go from this hole to that hole, then you're you're separated from everybody mm-hmm. still, you know? So it's it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Uh the process is is it can be traumatizing in the brain because like I said, you're worried about your property and a lot of people be like why are you worried about this little property but it's literally all you have in the world yeah that you're worried about and they know this mm-hmm. you know so that's the biggest thing about transferring is, is property and all that so then when you get to your next institution uh part of the transfer process is you're not allowed to make a phone call for security purposes for 24 hours i think we talked about that before but the 24 hours is because the security reason is what for the same reason why I told you, like sometimes they'll put you in intake yeah. for a week. It's like um, you have a PIN number, and I and I—that's the institution investigators—they have to clear your PIN number. So they look at who it is on your calling list, um, who you're not supposed to be calling, that type of thing. Um, take anybody off because 
of your transfer, if your transfer were because of anything, they're t they're investigating that too. Mm -hmm. It takes them 24 hours to get that. Next morning when you wake up, your PIN number will work and you can call. But it's always stressful because now I can't talk to you unless I know somebody there. Yeah. But, you know, good thing is I usually know a lot of people, so that wasn't a problem for me, but I've seen people stressing. Mm -hmm. Paying, asking somebody, man, can I get a phone call? You just got to the institution and if you don't know anybody and you don't have any property, you can't pay for that phone call, which everybody gonna make you pay for something in prison. Um, so people just stress 24 hours until they call their people. Yeah. Were you ever the nice guy and give phone calls? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Not to everybody, but you know, um, you know, if you was, if you was down and out, you was a solid cat, you know, mm -hmm. and, you, and, and nobody else would do it. And you asked me, I would do it. I wouldn't volunteer. Though, yeah. You know, yeah, that's the process, man, you know, and it's raw and dirty. And I remember back in the day, like when I used to strip you down, you get three in there, three dudes in this little cage with the officers and they make you strip down and you have to go through the whole process, lift your arms up, tongue, all that, turn around, spread them, all that, show them bottom of your feet. And you three dudes standing right next to each other doing this and you got three officers looking at you making sure you're not carrying no contraband. Mm -hmm. And then as time went on, I started getting closer to coming home, they stopped doing that and they have a privacy curtain now because people start filing like, you know, sexual harassment stuff and saying, just cause he a man and I'm a man, he shouldn't be able to, you know, uh, view me like that so i mean yeah they didn't get that until like 2015 2016. it was crazy. crazy yeah it was a trip but transferring is never fun because you never want to get comfortable in prison but you have to to a degree to live mm -hmm. transferring always upends that comfort and now you got to go somewhere else and try to get comfortable try, try to find the best cell try to find the best program mm -hmm. try to find the best schooling program you're going to do with recreational activities that type of thing so it's it's a tough process. It's not fun. It is not fun. It was so on my end, it was always I mean, there was very little information I got. I was mm. like he said, they couldn't tell me because they thought I was going to try to break or not just me specifically, but that the family or friends would try to break them out. So I never really got to prepare too much of where he was going. We had kind of an idea. And at one point they were they were considering or they were actually sending people out of the state. And I remember anytime you would get transferred, we would have to write a hardship letter mm -hmm. on, on like trying to get you to stay in the area. Yeah, yeah. And for years we would use your mom. We'd use Ernie as yeah, the reason. Yeah. And because of her health issues, even though she wasn't coming, yeah. we would use that as the reason. And I remember when it was finally enough, like you had done enough time, you had done enough like good things, you had enough solid um, years of good behavior good programming solid programming and it was coming up for that time again where it was like oh god are they going to try to send you far far away mm -hmm. or is it out of the state this time and the hardship thing came up and i remember saying like why don't we just do it off of your own merit, own merit. instead mm -hmm. of having to like scam and scheme off of this person who's not even involved anymore right. and because remember they would they called remember they called the hospital <laughs> did they I don't remember. So when you have a hardship, I'm laughing. I need to make sure you all know what I'm laughing about because nobody was hurt or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you're trying to prove that you have a hardship, you would do that to to main stay close to your family mm -hmm. and visit, and so you could get those visits. Mm -hmm. When you didn't have that, if they wanted to ship you back to Walla Walla, if they wanted to ship you to Vegas, if you don't have any hardship, it would make it easier for them to do. The hardship was just another layer of guarantee, not guarantee, but of yeah it was it was like another protection layer yeah and so when we did it before medical was the only way we knew we could get a hardship mm -hmm. and so his mother 
um, had a bunch of medical, well, there was a bunch of medical stuff going on. And so we used, we were using her medical stuff as like her hardship. And this was, we were, we started that when she was involved with you. Mm-hmm. So we had some of the documentation mm-hmm. and then we just kept the documentation because anytime he moved, we would have to put yeah, that in. Yeah. And we would always be a little stressed that they would do any research or find out. Well, I don't know if you remember, but the last time we did it, we had said like um, something about her being in the hospital. And so she couldn't transfer. Mm -hmm. And they called the hospital. And they called me back and saying like, yeah, they're not saying she's there. And I was like, what? I had to play like, she's not? (laughs) When did they say she was released? And he was like, well, they wouldn't let me know that. And I'm like, what? On the fly. On the fly. Yeah. And it's it's because we were, he was on the list to get sent out of state and we were desperately trying to keep him from doing that. So, I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. I mean, it was that, that was a different process because you never knew what type of institutions you was going to. Um, These was privately funded institutions. Mm -hmm. It's not an issue about, uh, about the population. It was about issue about the way it was run. There's no there's no governing process yeah. with people that own private prisons. So you never want to go out of state to a private prison. So And if he went out of state, I would never have I would have barely ever got to see him. I yeah. my financial situation was not going to be able to cover flights, hotels, renting cars. Mm-hmm. That was never going to be something I could have afforded. Yeah, I think the I think either the first time we decided to do it on our own merit or the second time they was just like you get too many visits. Yeah. So it was at that point. It was yeah. Like, you know, don't have to worry about it. Right. Um, but yeah, it was stressful, and I seen cats crying. I seen cats. I, I was mean, stressed out. I, seen I was cat, crying. I seen cats <laughs> take off on the police night before. You know what I'm saying? Just try to get what to stay. Yeah, to stay. You was going to stay because if you took off on the police or something, you know, um, they're not going to send you to out of state. Right, because you're in trouble. Make you their problem. Right. So they're going to keep you there, but you're going to be in a hole for a couple of years. <sighs> so that's the that's, that's that's the choice. Is And what would you... Would you have cho- what would you have chose the whole or to go out of state? I mean, honestly, I would I would have to go out of state only because I, I can't take another charge. Yeah, I can't I can't do another charge and lots and you can you can get that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying in that situation. So yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's not cool. Well, and plus, like the whole you they do have visits in the hole, but they're through no, a, through no a wall. There's no contact. They're only like an hour or two and. Most times he was so far away. There was only one time that we actually did that, and that was just because the situation was so crappy mm-hmm. that we just had to make it work. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that that's over and that we never had to go end up going out of state. Yeah, that was crap. That yeah, that was crap. The the out of state thing because Cass came back. Here's the only good thing about going out of state is when Cass went out there, they was it's a private institution. Nine times out of ten, it was new. Mm-hmm. So. DC, these new, new CEOs don't know. So Cass is sending all types of stuff in now. And mm. stuff that you can't have it up here, they go to that place and they start getting it in. Of course, they're thinking like, okay, if they're having a ship, they must have, because they're putting the, the institution they just came from in Washington, they're putting that address on it. Like that facility shipped it. Mm. So they're thinking like, oh, okay, here you go. And so they, I mean, Cass is getting PlayStations and I know now that's commonplace now. Yeah, now. But back then it wasn't. So Cass is getting PlayStations, they're getting uh, up-to-date keyboards, all type of digital stuff that wasn't popular. And uh, they was kind of having a ball. But then of course, 
everybody takes it too far. What they do? Once they once it gets in the hands of a fan, you know what I'm saying? Now you got DVD players and you got porn. <laughs> porn. Now, now you got keyboards filled with all types of stuff, yeah. like stuff like that. So you know, it was just it was just crazy, man. But uh, but yeah, I'm I'm real glad I didn't go out of state. That wouldn't have been cool. Mm-mm. I was up I was up four times to go to four different places. Do you remember what they were? Yeah, I was up to go to Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, yeah. and Michigan. Michigan was the one I was the most afraid of. Yeah. That one got shut down be- and, and, and they ended up having to pay $5 million. The D- DLC up here, because their contract with that Michigan prison was that they would have at least one inmate from up here in that in that facility mm-hmm. by a certain date. And they that didn't? That date come around, they didn't because the guys was filing injunctions about getting shipped out of state. They were following injunctions saying, I got convicted in this state. I'm supposed to be doing time in this state. And while those injunctions was going on, they that's couldn't actually, move anybody. I feel like that's a great point. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, they. I honestly, I think they made a better point. But either way, Washington, uh, the Washington lawyers made a better point. Not for me, I'm saying to win the case. Which was? Basically, like, it doesn't matter. You're still under our control and under our, under our jurisdiction. You're just being housed somewhere else. And so I think the court said... Okay, yeah, we agree with that. But because they had to shell out that five million to that Michigan place, they ain't even looking at trying to send nobody nowhere else. You think that that the lawyer's point was better? No, I said I'm talking about the courts feel like their point was better. Well, they're always gonna feel like their point. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they made the. You said they made a good point. I was like, yeah, but they these lawyers made a better point and won the case for the courts. The courts believe like, yeah, they're right. They they your house here, but you're under their jurisdiction still. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's how that worked. But yeah, I mean it was it's a shitty process, but that's the way it goes. Hmm. So now they don't even send nobody out of state as far as I know. Unless yeah, you want to go. Think so. Yeah, unless you want to go, you gotta file an interstate compact if you wanna go somewhere. And why would you do that? Because you have family? Yeah, like some guys come up here and don't have family, was in the streets, got mm-hmm. locked up, not only family in Cal and they wanna go do time in California. So they um they filed a, a thing with the California state prison and this prison and they agreed to send them down near Bay, but you're still under Washington jurisdiction. Mm. You have anything else you want to add to that? <sighs> don't go to prison. You don't have to go to that process. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's <laughs> shitty. It's not cool. And the transfer process, it's stressful on the cat. It's, it's stressful on the incarcerated individual, but it's real stressful on the family. Mm-hmm. And I only think a lot of me being in there, I know a lot of cats don't even think about that or consider that. Like your mom well, or your, your And girl. I'm sure that I mean, you're it's you're the one on fire right now, so I'm sure that's not your first thought. But somewhere in there, mm-hmm. yeah, your mom and your girl, your sister, everybody's stressed out, not knowing where you are mm-hmm. and what they're doing to you. But see, here's the thing, though. So uh, oftentimes, this is what happens: you locked up, you know, you're in there doing stuff, and you get infractions and whatnot. They basically let you know, like you got one more, you got one more chance. Mm-hmm. If you still acting a fool and sock shit out of somebody for no reason, you gone. Now, you already at an institution where your mom, your sister, your girl, and your baby, your kids can all come see you, and you do something stupid and get transferred. That means you wasn't thinking about them before all that happened. Right. And I see a lot of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and that's not to say that I've always been the most considerate person either. Mm-hmm. You know? But at the same time, when I got close, I did everything to stay close. Or when we got things that affected both of us. Yeah. You got yeah. it together. Yeah. I wasn't playing that. Yeah. So... That was that was that was a little bit bad when I when I used to see that all the time I used to be like man you're tripping, mm-hmm. but yeah don't go to prison and you have to worry about that 
So y'all, today we're gonna do something a little different. We've had kind of a heavy week, just with work, with life, with family, with all kinds of stuff. Just mm-hmm. stuff has been kind of heavy, and I just didn't feel like doing no real heavy topics, especially like the last two were good. I mean, the last two videos were great, but mm-hmm. they kind of had some moments where they were kind of deep too. So yeah. I thought let's let's switch it up. Okay, so what we do? You tell me. You taking it over? <laughs> okay, what we gonna do is we gonna play this game, and it's called Last Couple Standing, and we get into some deep questions. No, here. these ones aren't deep. These, oh, that's not the. No, that's not the these one, ones aren't bad. the deep ones. Okay, well, we, okay, we playing last last couple standing, and these are questions that you just got to We have to answer no matter what. Yeah, All we're right? gonna answer them. They, some of them are kind of juicy, some of them kind of fun, but we just figured this would be another way for y'all to get to know us in a different manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could just have a little fun. For sure. For sure. <laughs> you ready for this? Are you ready? I don't think you, I don't think you want this question. This will make me laugh. Just your reaction itself will make, make me laugh. What? Hit it. All right. You had sex with your partner's brother and got pregnant. Ew. That's what? <laughs> and got pregnant. Do you confess and break up the family or cover it up? First of all, there would be no hiding that. <laughs> because for one, I'd be throwing up every single day of my life. Two, <laughs> they, him and his brother are <coughs> exact opposites. Hmm. Literally opposite and tall and height and dark and light. There's nothing in personality. There's nothing the same about the two of them. True story. Complete extremes. Um, so I probably would just... That might be some a situation where I would just disappear altogether. Because <laughs> I would never you better. ever you better. want anybody to know that I did something like that. You know what's crazy is that everything you just said is true as far as the differences. As far as the what? As far as the differences between us, mm-hmm. me and him. But one thing I just, I never realized that nobody's ever said, you guys are similar like this. Nobody's ever said well, that. Well, you're like, goofy. Y'all, got this y'all both have a, a goofy nature, but you're not. Your goofies aren't even the same. Yeah, but that don't. That ain't just me and him. That's just like the whole clan. That that's I grew true. Up with, you know what I'm that's saying? That's true. Yeah, no, there isn't really something that I'd be like. Oh, that's how they're brothers. Yeah, that's where they're connected. Nobody's ever said that. That's crazy. No, and even when I was close with him, there was never a time where I was like, "Oh, that reminds me of Pookie," or mm-hmm. "I." He no, <laughs> never the case. <laughs> Never, 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 never the case. She earlier, so I won't ask that. Okay. Are you better... Oh, I already know the answer to this. Are you better at lying or omitting details? 100% omitting details. Unless you ask him the specific question, (laughs) he is not going to volunteer anything. He's not going to say yay or nay because you didn't ask him. So in his mind, he don't think that's lying because you didn't ask him the question. It's not lying, but at the same time, I'm not doing it to be deceiving. Right, that's, that's well, just, most of the time. Yeah, there's never- I just never... give people what I feel like is their business and then I, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, but when it comes to me, what do you do? I don't think I omit much, honestly. I don't think you omit, but you don't volunteer. I don't, I probably don't volunteer. No, like I have, to, I know with him, that I have to ask him questions a specific way to get the answers I want because he might answer the question, but it's not giving me what I need from the from the answer. Does that mean you know what I mean? I give I give the answer. I don't give details about the that's answer. it. That's right. that's what it is. And sometimes his answer, he'll give the answer that sometimes you could go, you could take it and go either direction with. And so if you just assume based off of what you're getting from him, <laughs> you'll be all jacked up because you'll just be like, oh, I just assume. And he's like, but you asked me. 
this, and I told you that. Yeah. Like <laughs> Not- I say, there's no, there's no, there's no deceiving about it. But it's just, yeah, that's how I've always been. Because anytime that was somebody was ever asking me a question, nine times out of ten, <laughs> I didn't want to answer it. Police, you know, teaching people, people in positions of authority, and so I kind of, I kind of just came, came into this nature of just like I give you what you're supposed to have because I don't like lying. Mm-hmm. I hate lying. That's mm-hmm. just not in me. So I just give you what you're supposed to get and let's move on. That's <laughs> all right, babe. Yeah. Ask me, do I love you? <laughs> Ask me. Do you love me? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all yeah. right, your turn. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. People looking at us would say, she could do better, or why is he with her? Ooh. I mean, I definitely, I definitely thought people said that a lot. It's like, why is he with her? Please tell the world why you thought that bullshit. Because I wasn't feeling that great about myself a lot of times. Mm. So, um, and then, you know, okay, here's the other reason why. I told you this the other day. When at first, we first started doing prison, we were a lot younger then, and he explained. But when we would leave visit, Oftentimes, he would come back and be like, babe, they was talking about you today. They said you was this and that and your fit was this and like kind of giving me my props at the end of the visit. Mm. And it wasn't even something I asked for. He just always be like, yeah, so-and-so came up to me and said this. And so I always kind of had like a little pat, like, okay, you was cute out there today. Mm-hmm. And then there was just a time where that just stopped. <laughs> it was like a screeching halt. Like nobody ever said anything. We would have special events. And normally at the special events, people don't see your girl. They might talk to your girl on the phone or hear about mm-hmm. you, you hear about her. Mm-hmm. But when they see her, it's like, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. Or, oh my gosh. And when that stopped, I just remember thinking like, oh, if that was when I noticed, like, dang, nobody ever comments about me anymore. And I wasn't mm-hmm. getting comments any compliments anywhere. Mm-hmm. It just kind of all stopped. And I just kind of felt like, ooh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to be clear, yeah, when you're in your early 20s and all that, after visit, everybody, you know, your body say goodbye to their visitors. Visitors go to one side of the room to leave. Uh, inmates go to this side over here to get stripped out before we go back to the unit. So when we over there, we talking and all that. We like be over there with your boys in your early twenties. You like, man, your girl looking good, man. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, this, that, and the third. And um, so that was a big thing. But as you get older and more mature, you don't be commenting on cast girls and stuff like that. So yeah, that's why it stopped. But yeah, it we got like, old in prison. Yeah, it wasn't. That, <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with you. It's just like you know, saying the crowds that you're around is a little bit different, a little bit more mature. Cast don't be doing that shit, you know. And and honestly, the older you get, the more sacred you realize your woman is. And so cast don't like. Mm-hmm. Commenting on it or having somebody comment on it, no matter how good the comment is. It's like, well, what you yeah. looking at my woman for? Like, what you Because out? women would get poached. Yeah, they, uh-huh. they would lie. be getting poached from one guy to another guy. True story. It happened a lot, so. Yeah. We didn't ever have that issue or nothing close to that, but mm-hmm. it just, I just remember. Oh, they wanted to. What? Oh, you know, they was looking for an opening. You know, a couple cats that would have, if they would have got an opening from you, they would have tried to poach you. But see, the thing about it is, I don't even think that was true. I think that everybody knew where my attention was at. It was never, like, you had no room. (laughs) Listen, when a guy keeps saying, always says how good them shoes is. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, he would have. If he had an opening, Mm -hmm. he'd have tried to take it. Wouldn't have made it out the joint. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't have made it out the joint, but he would have tried. Some guys are just foolish like that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I, well, that's the thing. Like, it's not even about, I don't think about me. It's just about the conquer. Mm-hmm. And really probably more about you than me. I mean, nine times out of ten, but I mean, listen, it's integrity over everything. It's moral, morals over everything. Mm-hmm. And understanding that, number one, you don't do that no matter what situation you're in. But at the same time, these cats is in here and lot, nine times out of ten, it's all you got. Mm-hmm. You come take that from somebody, you're doing something, a real disservice to that person. You know what I'm saying? But cats is haters. Well, and I mean... Yes, it's a hater move. It's not cool. But also when you're in when a place that you have nothing on top of nothing and then you might be able to get you a little something, I could see why mm. you would try. But it's not cool to do. But nah. I get it when you're in a place that you have literally nothing. But at the same time, I, you're literally locked up with cash that fucked over family members. Yeah. They burn all types of bridges. So they don't give a damn about you. That's true. You know, it's all bad. Yeah. OK, which one is OK with you? I already this I already know the answer to this. We might skip this one. Your partner having fifty past sexual partners, or you having fifty past sexual partners. So for me, I mean, I think I would prefer my partner to have more partners than me because mm-hmm. I just never want. I'm not a high body count. Mm-hmm. That's not my. That's never been my thing. Even though I have potential, I think I had whole potential in me. It's mm-hmm. in there, but I never let her out. <laughs> <laughs> I never let her out. <laughs> I knew she was bad. Um, but yeah, I think I, I always wanted a partner that was more experienced than I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't let her out because I was puppy guard now. Right? <laughs> you know that. You know I was playing that. <laughs> and, I, and I definitely would want more partners than you also. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm not. Yeah. Because now even the thought of somebody else having all up in and... <laughs> Mm-mm. See, the, I'm not going for that. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It's not. It's never been like that for me, especially since I mean, before me, it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not ever. I don't really ever think about that. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, I still, I still would not want to be the one that had like a high body count. No, nah, that ain't cool. No, nah, not just for ain't me. Cool, not for me anyway. I mean, we're living in times now where. You hear that a lot. You hear people talking about body counts. So Are you saying that. it's not cool because it's the girl? No, I'm saying it's not cool for me personally. I, I don't want you having a higher body count than me. Oh. I, I'd be like, mm, I don't want that. Because now I'm just thinking like, who are you thinking about now from the past? And why would you, would you be thinking that? No. Exactly. So why would you think that? It don't mean it's, it has to be fair. It don't have to be, <laughs> yeah. It's not because, no, we don't compare like that. It's just like, I know how I think. Yeah. So I'm just like, no, I don't want, I don't want. No, see, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Back shots and all. Your... Like, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Which would you rather wait for? Your woman to pick the restaurant or pick her clothes? I mean, I'm a lot better at picking my clothes out than a restaurant. Neither one of us is good at picking a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Like, okay. We would dream, and okay, I'll pull, I'll put this plug in here too. If you guys don't want to get to know us a little bit more, you should check out my Instagram because I put stuff more, more personal stuff for either myself or us on there. But I just posted a thing about cooking some of our favorite meals that we we planned for uh, uh, football Sunday, mm-hmm. and we always would make menus and dream about food and all this stuff. And I think that what happened is you came home and we ate like we were celebrating for a year straight. And now we just don't have an appetite. Yeah. I mean, we ate everything we could eat, whatever we wanted. 
And it was from the time you got to work release, I'd bring it to you or I'd be cooking it. And then when you came home, we were still just doing all of that. And mm-hmm. I think that is what's changed us. And now when so, every night we say, what do you want to eat? And nobody ever can say anything. We be, we be just like, uh, I might end up eating cereal or he might end up eating a leftover or whatever, or like a, a something, a or hamburger. A or something. Yeah. We can't yeah. figure out what we want. We don't have a taste. There's no like, mm, that tastes good. Let's have that tonight. Very rarely when we eat at home do we eat the same thing unless you cook. But we don't We don't always have to have the same thing, which we is don't. fine. But I think a huge part of it, which we don't get credit to, is the fact that we're a lot older than we was then. Yeah. Our appetite is different. Our digestions are different. We'd be yeah. sick. We'd be hurting. We can't eat, drink milk and cheese like we used to. No. That's <laughs> annoying as hell. But listen, listen. I used to I used to watch uh, Jack and the Crack commercials. Yeah. You see that buttery Jack? Be like, I want me a buttery Jack. You know how I am about butter. And now I drive past it and I'll be like, I don't want nothing there. And it's the same thing. Like, I'm, nah, I'm good. And I go to the next place. Taco Bell. I'm good. I know. And so fast food is definitely like, almost off the list. And then and we'll then, go through bouts where I'll just cook. But then even that, like coming up with what what sounds good or what do you want to eat? Because I'll cook something, we'll eat it like maybe that one day and then it just gets wasted because nobody crazy. wants it no more. That is crazy. And we never, we were never those people. And we was we was thinking about them exact meals while we was eating yes. vending machine food. Vending machine, <laughs> big ass burgers. Burgers. <laughs> Big ass. You remember when the big ass first came out? Those big ass burger sandwiches were a hit. They were because they, they would, were. you know, had stuff in the food you could warm up, and they were normally like these little bitty hamburgers. But these big ass chicken sandwiches and the big ass burgers came, and they were just yeah, like that. It was like, oh, we got to get done. <laughs> Everybody was all about that until we ate too much of that too. Listen, you remember when? When I used to come to the visit room and you already kind of spoked out and I said, I'll kiss you. We said, you like, babe, they got the wooty wop, wooty wop up in there. Or if I was out there, I'd be like, babe, look over there. They got it. Is that that, is that, that salad we see? That, you that remember dip? that bean dip? <laughs> <laughs> the bean so, dip or when they came up with the pasta salads? Remember pasta that pasta salads? salad or just salad period? Or that cold chicken sandwich. Oh, that was good. That we used to put the hot chicken on top hot of. Hot chicken on it with the, with the chips. <sighs> That was actually good. You remember when they had that um, Cinnabon pretzel? Oh, you used to tear oh, that up. I was all about that Cinnabon pretzel. Yeah, you used to tear it up. It was like this soft pretzel that had the cinnamon stuff all in it, like a regular cinnamon pretzel, cinnamon roll pretzel, and then they gave you this frosting. It was made by Cinnabon. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was dope. It was good. It was cool. Anyway, off track. That's easy. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> all right, so you. Okay, is your partner the fun police or uh, or the fun ambassador? Are you the poopy patty? Am I the... Wait a minute. Are you the fun police or the fun ambassador? Are you like the guy that's like, yeah, fun! Or are you like, mm, calm it down, not enough fun? No, I'm the fun police. Yeah, definitely the fun yeah, police. Yeah, I'm the fun police, 100%. He is a grumpy old man. Listen, you doing too much of being too loud, shut that shit down. <laughs> it's not that damn fun. Yeah, no, babe is definitely the fun police. He, even with Munchie, Munchie is a dog. He is a one-year-old dog who is, he loves his life. Named after me. Yes. He loves his life. He has a wonderful life. And he just be trying to be happy. <laughs> just do dog things. And yeah, they're stupid and they're annoying. But you can tell it's just this little, his black boy joy. Mr. Man over here. Shut just- that shit up. <laughs> Sit your ass down somewhere. Like, it's like. Have fun at all. He want to be quiet in the, in the dark. I don't mind. 
I don't mind him having fun. I hate when it, when when it def- it affects my chill. Yeah, or That's if it comes like. between the two or of us. us. Yeah, he gets all. Listen, y'all. I work a job that I leave early in the morning. Sometimes it's still dark outside, and I yeah. come home kind of you know early evening. Mm-hmm. So I'm going for a lot of hours. A lot of times, like twelve hours, he's gone. Yeah. So when I come home. I'm trying to holler at my wife. I'm trying to catch up on her day, trying to find out what needs to be done. Just, you know, try to get that whole process going. This little motherfucker. He's no get, different than a toddler. Yeah, exactly. And the toddler gets smacked with a brick, too. Oh. This is the thing. This is the thing on Munchie. Munchie knows when we are close. You know that. Babe. You know he could be chilling over there as soon as you put your but arms around every me. every kid does that. When you see your parents together, you're like, ooh, I'll do some of that. I, take, I tell him to go outside. Go pee or something. Let me holler. Not let, me. Let me I'm holler. like, come on, family hug. Yeah. I'm like, let me holler at mama, right? So I send him outside. Then I turn back around talk to my wife. I'm like, what's up? So I tell him, what's up, babe? How was your day or whatever? And then I just hear, <laughs> and I'm just like, can I talk to my wife? No. He's the worst. He's not the worst. He's, He's the, the best. worst and the best at the same time. He's the though. best. That's my guy, but yeah. Fun police. I mean, I think I'm kind of in the middle. Like I if I'm in the mood to have fun, like I'm in the mood. Like let's have let's just do it. Let's go. Um, but typically I think I'm just kind of like right in the middle, whereas if something fun comes up, I'm down. But if we're just chilling, I can just chill too. But I'm always more like, just let him have the damn squeaker toy. Nah. He okay. wants to give it to that, him. That's about munchie, but overall, you, I think you down to have fun. If the fun is happening too late, you ain't with yeah. it. Yeah. If I have too much time to think about the fun, if there's too much planning time for the fun, like if it's not happening today and right now and we just talked about it, but if you tell me like two weeks later, uh, ahead of time. <sighs> I've already had a good time in my head. Like I already had the good time I needed to have and now I'm tired and we ain't even been there. Like, it's too much time for me to think about what I was going to do or not going to do. And now I've decided, eh, I've been there, done that in my mind. <laughs> Let's take a nap. <laughs> oh, my God. We The thing is, I think we don't give credit to is that me and you are a lot, lot, lot more alike than we give each other credit for. Oh, yeah. No, <coughs> I think we are a lot alike. Because we both like naps. We like our down, our shutdowns. Yeah. We both like tell people to shut the fuck up when they're having fun. I do? I think you do. I think I don't think I like to tell people to shut up. I just like to remove myself. Like I'm a person like y'all have a good time, but I'm leaving. Oh my god, <laughs> that's basically shut the fuck up or I'm leaving. Like no, no, like, no. It's never like or I'm leaving. It's just like yeah, that's fun. Y'all keep doing that. I'm out of here. <laughs> I encourage the fun. Mm-hmm. I encourage all of that. I just of it. I like to slide out. And not be in it after a certain point. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Would you be mad if you found out your partner truly loved you but hated your sex? <laughs> Say that again? Would you be mad if you found out your partner truly loved you but hated your sex? <laughs> That's crazy. It just makes me laugh because... <laughs> 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 you better tell people quick. Would you laugh at that? <laughs> Would you be mad if you found out your partner truly loved you but hated your sex? Hell yeah, you damn right. Would you be mad or hurt? I would be hurt. I mean, both, uh, probably a little bit of both. But I mean, nobody wants that. I don't. I can't imagine nobody being like so. I wouldn't be mad me. like because you're you're telling me that you don't like my sex. I would be hurt that my I'm not performing well. Or think that like God, if I'm not doing that well, who 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 gonna do it well? <laughs> he gonna want somebody. Who's he to do gonna it be looking for? Or is he gonna start being curious at other things? You know? Yeah, no, I hear you. 
But just so you know, and you're very clear, I love you and I love your sex. Get the hell up off me right now. <laughs> you know, I already laughed for five minutes before you answered. I told you why I laughed. <laughs> okay, I got one for you right now. And so we're gonna say the studies, studies show. Okay. So that means that it's true. Okay. okay. <laughs> studies show 60% of all married men cheat. So would you rather be a happy side chick or a miserable wife? Oh. If if studies show, and that's true, that 60% of a man cheat, would you rather be a happy side chick or a miserable wife? Well, for the record, I'm not doing either. But if I had to choose. I will be a happy side chick. <laughs> you know why I'm going to say that? Is because, y'all, I've been miserable. I am never going to be miserable again. And those are the only two choices they gave me. So just off of that, I am not going so, to volunteer to be miserable. I will happily be. You laughed at my sex question, and then you said you'd be a side chick. <laughs> Back-to-back questions. Starting to find out a lot about you on this. <laughs> Last couple standing is about to be the last, last period. <laughs> last, last. Ooh. Would you be mad if your partner had a surgery to prevent them from having children without telling you? This is if we wanted to have children. Say that again. Okay, so say we want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Would you be mad if I got a surgery that prevented me from having children and I didn't tell you? Yeah, I'm right. Mm-hmm. That is grounds for divorce. That is. That's, that's the ultimate ultimate betrayal. Yeah, scandalous. So scandalous. But you know, I've I've seen a yeah. lot of stories where that's happened. I have too. I have too. Uh, um, and mostly it's on the man. Like he done got him a, a vasectomy when he was younger, and didn't tell his wife that he married years later, and she wants to have kids. He loves her. Blah blah blah. He's been like, yeah, I want to have kids too. And the whole time he's had a vasectomy and knew he had a vasectomy and never told her. Mm. And then when they found out, he went to try to go get it reversed, but it was so old and he had so much scar tissue. Dun Not yeah, able to do it. Them? No. Yeah. I mean, no, I, she I, left get him. I get it. Yep. That's crazy. I mean, because that's something, <clears throat> that's one of the things that as a couple, you guys talk about y'all playing together. And so there's no sense of you having that conversation if one person is being deceived from the beginning. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to be able to trust about it? Right. Like, we're supposed to be planning our lives around this, and you already knew. Same thing if a woman does it. Like, that's scandalous. I know a lot of people that did that. A women lot. do it? Yeah. Like, uh, knowing they can't. Oh, have and kids? And then get with guys. Oh. And, and under the guise that they can't have them still. Mm. Yeah, I knew a lot. A lot, lot, lot of women in the hood did that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, you pick one more, and then we'll wrap this up. All right. I don't, and listen, I'm going to tell y'all something, world. I don't mind you guys answering <laughs> this question because this is a real deal. It's not that serious, but I just kind of want to know, would you rather tell a lie and never get caught or tell the truth and deal with the consequences? Um, Now, as an adult, I would rather tell the truth and deal with the consequences because I stand strong in my truth. I stand in it, whether it's good or bad, because it is mine. Mm-hmm. And I really hold the power. I, I, I understand how much power is in that, where mm-hmm. a lot of, t- well, the only time you lie is because you're afraid. And I don't, I am really just trying not to be afraid of anything. Because mm-hmm. for one, I don't know if y'all know this, but I am God's favorite. And he really be loving your girl. <laughs> he be loving on your girl. I agree with that. So why would I be afraid for one? Because he's my ultimate judge. And I, me and him be talking all the time. So I'm already going to reconcile what I need to reconcile with him. And that's the, that's the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Second, I'm going to reconcile what I need to reconcile with you. And I will take my consequence if it means, though, that 
me doing that is going to help us be better in the future. Me lying to you and you never knowing, that's not going to help us. Okay, so what if the truth that you're telling, you know, is going to break us up no matter what? Like you just said, like you would say. What the hell would I be done done? I don't know. I'm just saying. I you mean, just said it would make us better. But I'm saying, what if the thing that you were like, okay, you tell but the truth let's, about is, I, I can only talk about what I would be doing. And I'm not, there's nothing that I would do that would be where I have to tell you something that's going to break us up. I don't think there's anything okay. that I would do that I would have to tell you that. Okay. So I don't know how to answer that. To break us up, like I know what those deal breakers are. I mm. know what that is. I just, I mean, I wouldn't, there would have been something wrong with me. Something that ha- would have happened to me for me to do any of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I can't even answer that. Okay. What about right. you? I'll tell the truth and deal with the consequences. And I haven't always been like that. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm talking about on a grand scale, I I, I tell the truth mm-hmm. almost to a fault, even when I was younger. But just like you said, sometimes, you know what I'm saying, you tell lies because uh, you're afraid of something. And mm-hmm. that's, that is a that is a weird thought for me to ever think that I was ever afraid of anything. You know what I'm saying? But when I was locked up, there were some things I didn't tell you as far as my how my case was going. And we discussed how you know how I felt mm-hmm. about the whole appeal process being afraid to leave you and whatnot didn't tell you that I had heard back from you know what I'm saying and never did that again that and I didn't feel good throughout the process it really didn't mm-hmm. it did because it wasn't me I was really I, st- I really stepped outside of myself when I did that but yeah I'm the type of guy to tell the truth no matter what I don't care about nobody hate me I don't care about nobody uh feeling some type of way about me as long as the truth mm-hmm. I'm in it yeah. 100%. Well, and two, I mean, for the long, a long time, my truth was just never good enough for anybody. Like, it was always like, I just never felt like what I said or my life or my actual truth was just enough mm-hmm. because it just wasn't for the people I had around. Yeah. But now, I mean, I think you just grow up. You uh, kind of realize who you have around and you also realize, like, I don't really care about your opinion on me. <laughs> your opinion is not one that really has weight like that anymore. No. And, and um, do you ever get mad that it once that did? That it did. Yeah, yeah. Because you're kind of looking at them yeah. like, I should have never given you space. And I knew I shouldn't have given you space. Or you give people space because you're related to them. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, but just because you're related don't mean you have this level of authority no. or this level of, ju- like, you know what I mean? And yeah. now I'm just, I'm 42. So you're just an adult. You see your life how it is. You just kind of come into this awareness of who you are. And people either take it or they leave it. And now especially since you come home and I've seen the switch up of how people just switch up because they want to be involved in now the good stuff or mm-hmm. they want to act like they're, they've been so happy and supportive all the time. Now I'm really quick to say, get the out of my face. Mm-hmm. You ain't got nothing to say to me. And the last time I didn't do that, I said, I will never not do that again. And I'm not going to not do that again. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you Mm-hmm. what needs to be said and if you don't like it you just don't like it and that means you cannot like me too yeah I mean listen if I'm not tight with you anyway you 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 damn sure getting the truth you might get a you might get a, a softer uh, delivery of the truth for me if I care about you mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying give a fuck about you but you know it doesn't matter if you're family or not in that case because family you can go from family just being a relative real quick fuck with me I really don't care but Truth is always better. I do. We said it's gonna be the last one, but I have to ask you this one, and y'all can answer this one too. Does your partner fart during sex? No, not not during sex, but during sleepy do. That's not true. That's <laughs> not true. But trumpet. That's not true. Ba-ba-ba-ba! 
<laughs> Beatboxing. That's Munchie. That's Munchie and Munchie. Listen, <laughs> I mean, one time you woke yourself up. First of all, we ain't talking about me. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you set up. And, I, and I, it woke me up at the same time. And you set up and did like this. He was like, like you look at Munchie. I said, he's downstairs. That was you. That is not true. That was you. I don't even think that's true on a half I, a note. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd to sit up on one elbow. It's like, man, I turned over hella. You, you know when you mad and you turn over hard? You, you, you ain't got no voice. You ain't got no time to be talking, but you just be like, man. Yeah. Listen, why are you mad when I clearly didn't know I did it? I was asleep. No, I ain't mad that you did it. I'm mad at you so you you you, you didn't know. You didn't feel that? Obviously, I felt something if I woke up. Damn. <laughs> you know, them naked ones is different than the ones with clothes on. <laughs> Shit, them naked ones be like, brat, brat, brat. Let me stop, man. Let me stop. I'm clowning, y'all. I'm just clowning. <laughs> oh, my God. You're stupid. Yeah, I seen this one. I was like, I got to ask this one. Okay, this is the last question I'm going to ask. Okay. What is the sweetest thing? your partner has ever done for you. I'll tell you what I think you're well, the sweetest. my time with me. Oh, you think that's the sweetest thing? That's that. I mean, I mean, it's, I, I get that's, it. Because but. it's all, it's everything rolled into one, right? It is, is it is sacrifice and mm -hmm. it is love and it is putting me first. And so many times when a person's doing time, if your partner's dedicated to you, they're putting you first, even when you don't see they're putting you first. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's living life. You live two different lives. You live life out there and then you came in here and live life in, with me in there. And th there was no way you could be the same person. Mm -hmm. So then you had to split personality and do that. And then you and, 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 and you know it's taking a toll on your mental health, but you decide to do it. You make the choice to get up and do it every single day. That is the most genuine, loving thing anybody could ever do. And nobody's ever done anything remotely close to nice to me. But that was the thing. I, 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 I will be forever grateful. Forever grateful for that. So that's not even, that's not even close. Okay, well, what's the second thing? <laughs> That's too deep for that question? That's too deep for that question? Um, Man, baby, so much. You think about that. I'm okay. going to answer mine. Okay. So, y'all, picture it. It was probably June of 2020. <coughs> about then. Babe was getting ready to get out of prison. He was going to go to work release. And I went to the mail and he said he was going to send me something. And mm -hmm. so I went to the mail to get the to what he what sent me. And it was in a regular envelope. And so um, I had opened it up and I saw that there was a check in there. Now, he sent me a check before from his like he works and he would send me a check for I don't know if it was for like he would send me stuff to help me like sometimes or just because like send me $50 here or $50 there, which was like a whole month <coughs> of his, his earnings. Sorry. So this particular time, he says, um, I sent you something. I want you to get it. So I go and I open the um, envelope and I see that there's a check in it. And I pull it out and then I read the letter and I saw the check. I see the five and the zero. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. But also thinking like he should be holding on to this because he's about to be coming home. He'll probably need this for something. 
I was reading the letter and then I looked back at the the envelope of I mean the the check and you guys this man mm-hmm. now mind you I think we told you before he was earning at the time at the time this was the most he'd ever earned and it was like what were you at two dollars yeah I made it the two two dollars an hour he would earn two dollars an hour and then still though they would take 55 percent of what he earned um to pay for his like LFOs and stuff. Legal financial obligations. So he'd only get half of what he earned. So what was the most your checks would be mm-hmm. at that time? Probably about 50, 50 55 bucks. Because mm-hmm. you had LFOs, legal financial obligations, and cost of incarceration you had to pay every month. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. So he, I was reading the letter and the letter was just <clears> saying <throat> like, I wanted to show, give you something to show you that I am have every intention of coming home and doing everything I can to take care of you. I don't want you to feel like you're just like, you know, inheriting another mouth to feed. I want you to show, I want to show you that I plan on being a contributing partner to your life in in every way. That's what the letter was saying in the gist. Mm. And I looked at that, that check and I was thinking it was $50. He sent me $500. And I know that $500 is not a whole lot of money, but it's a whole lot of money when you're making $2 an hour. And the sentiment behind it, which is about to make me cry, (laughs) the sentiment behind it of him just sacrificing, which he did so often, you would do things like that. There was sacrifice stuff from himself to, to do for me, but I knew how much of a feat that was. And the reason I knew is because he had a check sent from DOC. Now, if he was hustling and making money other ways, I'd have got a money order from somebody if that was the way the money was coming. Mm -hmm. When the money comes off of DOC, that means it was money he earned through DOC. So that was money he had to have saved. and It wasn't hustling money or anything like that. Does that make sense? That's why I knew how much it was, how much of a sacrifice it was, because it took a long time for him to save and... Give me that. And the reason he did it was so that he could show me ahead of time that I was getting a partner and not just like another body. And I just it was so thoughtful to me because, like I said, I knew that the effort it took. But just that he was thinking that way before he got to me and trying to reassure me like, no, we're this is a partnership. I'm not coming home to just take from you or just keep on getting you giving, giving, giving. Like I'm planning to put just as much, if not more in this as you are. And and not even just financially, but just he was able to show me with that. Mm. So when I tell you ladies, like there's always, there's always something that they can do to show you that they're really caring for you or that they really sacrificing. I'm not saying they all got to put away $500, but there's always a way that they can show you like, no, I'm really in this with you, or I'm really down with you for this. And when they do do that, like you have to just really take that in. And that was such a special moment for me because not that I ever doubted you as far as like wanting to take care of me or being able to, but the, um, and, and working, like I never doubted that you were going to come home and have a job or that you would have money to contribute Mm -hmm. but the um just the gesture of showing me before you could really actually take care of me that you were going to do anything you could to take care of me Mm -hmm. and i haven't had that i mean since i was a kid have people that really had to and i think now they had to take care of me but you took care of me because you wanted to i did 
And I like that was when I was like, this man is my husband. He is the one for me, the only one that really, really, really gives a damn about me. Whoever who the only one that's ever really gave, given a damn about me. But that was just such a profound moment for me. I'll never forget that. I didn't think that I didn't, I didn't even think that was going to be it. I mean, I didn't know what could have been. There but. was a lot of them. But that one, I think just. I always think about that. And I left that letter on on the refrigerator. That's the letter that's on the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Because it just was like, he is coming. That my man is coming home. <laughs> I mean, listen, not to talk up the, the gift, but um, it was hard during that process because you used to get frustrated with me when I didn't want you to send me money. Mm-hmm. But if you sending me money, then you paying you you you're contributing to this check i'm trying to send to you yeah so i was like no like don't send me money you know and and you be like why did you let me send you money and i was just like nah babe like just just hold off you know Mm -hmm. and i just wanted it to be all for me that was very important and also you know establish some trust a trust factor when it comes to that because all you had it doesn't matter how much you love me Mm -hmm. we've been knowing each other for years and before i got incarcerated but no matter how much she loves me that's something she never saw for me you know, at this point. So now you're coming home, there has to be some seed in your brain. It's like, am I going to do this? I'm going to do that. Even if you know 90% sure I'm going to come home and do my thing. Mm -hmm. You're just wondering. And so it's kind of like here, not only can I do this in this dire situation, but I also want you to know I'm willing to Mm -hmm. do this, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But yeah, that was, that was dope. I, I, I really enjoyed that. I'd do it all again if I had to. That was a great time. And it was great too because there was there was times during prison where that probably would have been even more de- like important because I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. But this was even cooler because it was just like this literally is just money for me. Like I didn't have to pay use it to pay for any bills. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to catch up with anything. It was never like oh we got to put this for. It was just like you wanted me to get something for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did. Yes, you did. You bought that monstrosity of a goddamn dresser. That is stuffed to the gills. I need a bigger one. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a 12-drawer dresser. These big drawers, it's like, oh, it's a girl's dream. Yeah, it is. That's, that, joint's, that joint's huge. It's huge. About as tall as me when I walk in the room. I'm trying to put stuff on your dresser. I'll be like this. <laughs> no, like, it's, not dresser. it's not that tall. But. Um, I mean, honestly, and I, I the thing is, I can't remember how you did it. What, what how you how you did it but um you remember years ago you found my cousin t mm. like because that was the one person that yeah i need and, and the thing is i thought i was a lost cause because she left california and went to new york mm-hmm. and it was like well, i'm gonna find my finder i don't even know where she at i know you know what i'm saying a lot of stuff behind it she just wanted to kind of go and branch off on her own and do her own thing and whatnot and so um i already felt this huge guilt for getting incarcerated and leaving my little cousin who I was always going to be there for yeah. no matter what mm-hmm. and then I just remember the phone call when you, I can't remember how you did it but you let me know that you found her or it was a possibility that you found her and I was just and you know me I'm hard I'm not trying to be like Thanks, I know. but I'm just like <laughs> I was moved I'm still moved to this day for that because I think that was the reason why we're me and T is in touch today because you found her back then you know, I'm just saying, because what if I went my whole time and not even communicate oh, with her at all? Where would you, know you guys be? Like, yeah. yeah, where would be now? You know, that was that was huge. And at that point, um, I hadn't talked to T for about between five to seven years upon my incarceration when mm-hmm. you found her, you know, before you got incarcerated. 
Yeah, before I got incarcerated, I told I, I we was in communication, but then I, I think I was locked up between five and seven years before you found her. No. Huh. It was way before that. I mean, longer than that. Was it? Yeah. Because she didn't come until 2011. Yeah, but you found her before that. That year. Are you serious? Yeah. I thought you found her when I was at Stafford Creek for some reason. Mm-mm, I found her then because I was working with Jody, and Jody found her through financial aid. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it was the other time because I was at Stafford Creek three times, so I'm thinking oh. the first times I was, I was at Stafford is when you found her. No, it was when you were at Monroe. That's where she came to see you at was Monroe. I know, but I could have sworn you told me when I was at Stafford. I, have, I mean. I have it in my head that you told me it when could I was have been, but I remember distinctly it was when I worked at Everest, and, I was, and Jody helped me find her because I was like, wanting to surprise you with her. But I was like, I don't know where to find this girl. And Jordan was like, did she go to college? And I was like, yeah. She was like, let's go. <laughs> so she found her for you through mm-hmm. the college. Wow. So yeah, and I was at Everest at two, from 2011 um, to 14. So yeah, it had to be 11. You were, you were in at least 10, 11 years by then, 12 years. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. My fault, y'all. I've been locked up too long because no, <laughs> I got the institutions together. mixed up. And when I, I go by the institution to determine the year, mm-hmm. to determine the year it was, so my fault. But when that happened, um, I was moved to tears. I never told you that. I went and pulled out pictures of T that I hadn't looked at in a long time. Like uh, I had pictures of T when she was like going to a Tolo or something like that or some mm-hmm. dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and Monty Rita took <clears throat> pictures of her and stuff and, and sent them to me. And it was just like, I'm going to be able to see her again. It was like the end of the tunnel. You know, That's- what's what's interesting is because every time I think about that, it's a little bittersweet to me because that was her visit was really what was the beginning of us potentially breaking up mm-hmm. because it was just a lot. Mm-hmm. So that is what I think about then. So I, to hear you have such a positive spin on it. Mm-hmm. Is very the visit? The visit was, was interesting. not. The visit wasn't what it what it could have been, and that was that that part was on me. But um, yeah, you finding her was something like I just thought that was just love that you did. That it was it, love. It was out of love. It was. It was so dope. I will tell you that that was like that was the reason I wanted to do that was because you were in a place that I there was not a lot I could do to help you or that would make you happy. And that just was, you just were in a place. Mm-hmm. And I knew that she was the only other person in your life that just lit your your heart up. And that I, I felt like I had to try to bring her to kind of help you mm-hmm. and kind of help us because I you were just in a dark space. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that was the motivation for that was that I just wanted her to come and lift you up a little bit because I couldn't, I, there was nothing else I could do. Well, the thing is, is that, and I never thought it was that serious, serious, but I also know that you and T hadn't had a conversation since. Yeah, I was like she, 15 or 16. Yeah, since she came to see us. And I remember how that made you feel because we were so tight. And I was young. I was what, 15, 16. <laughs> we hadn't even got together yet. I had a big crush on him. He was still playing me to the left. And so this girl comes and I see him all over this younger girl. And he's like talking with her. They're laughing. She and gave, then she jumped on my back. She jumped on his ride. back and gave a, he gave her a piggyback ride. And they're all playing ball. And I'm just standing there literally feeling like, <laughs> like he has a girlfriend. Who is this girl? And um, it wasn't until like 
probably later on in the day that I found out that that was his cousin because I'm just pouting and mad and trying to stay over to myself and be over here because yeah. I'm thinking he got a girlfriend in my face and no, it's his cousin. That's my little cousin. That's my little baby cousin. <laughs> they were man. like this. We were super tight. So, yeah. that Because I do have cousins, uncles and all that and I just wasn't cool with for, you know, childhood stuff I told you about. Um, with the uncles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, they, of course, their kids are there. So, you know, yeah, that was my little baby cousin. So I, I thought that I thought that was an act of love for real, for real. It was. I appreciated that. It was. She's she's <clears> definitely. <throat> I'm so glad that she's in our life still, because I know that there, me and you are solid, and I know that you can you'll come to me and talk to me and all that kind of stuff. But I also know that there's just things that you don't always want to talk to me about and don't always want to. You know, I just mm-hmm. I get that. And I'm glad that she's there for you for that. I'm glad that you can get another female opinion and you guys can have your little banter and have your own secret inside jokes and have your own little relationship that doesn't have anything to do with me and it's just yours. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love seeing you two together. Um, I know she fills up a space for you that I I can never fill. And I think that that's important. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things about, about, when I was younger, before we knew each other, that you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. that she, she knows and we talk and laugh about, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, it's important it's to have those important. relationships. It's hell important. So. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yeah, that's my baby cousin for real. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap this thing up because we've been going long, y'all. Have we? Yes, we've been trying to. We always want to keep these about forty-five minutes, hour at the most. We're we over. We're over an hour and twenty now, so I'm sure we'll have some edits. But so, y'all, we're about to wrap up this episode. We had a good time just answering questions, hanging out, shooting the breeze. How do you feel cool. about it? It was cool. It was a different take on how we usually do it. Yeah, I think it was a nice little breakup. Yeah. We'll be back with regular scheduled programming next week, but we thought we would shake it up a little bit. So if you guys enjoyed it, please let us know in the comment section. We'd love to hear that. We also love a like. And really what we love is a share. Because honestly, you guys, we really want this to grow. We really want this to become a legitimate podcast mm-hmm. um and so in order to do that we need people to hear more about us so if you could share it out that would be awesome also like i said if you want to get a little bit more inside of me and him you can always check out my instagram at Spi- the real spice life tv i'll make sure i put that down in the description as well um and yeah we'll be back next thursday once again with mm-hmm. another hard-hitting topic <laughs> in the meantime do us a small favor y'all Hit that motherfucker subscribe button. Thank you. Quick plan. I don't know why y'all ain't done that yet. Do it now. Please. Appreciate y'all though. We do. And until next time, y'all, y'all stay blessed, stay black, stay beautiful. And we'll see you next time. See y'all later. Peace.